The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The All Ireland Strategic Rail Review is going to publish its findings in the coming months. But we do know that, amongst other things, they are going to propose the reopening of routes like Athenry and Clare Morris and a route between Letter Kenny and Derry. Steve Bradley is chair of the Into the West Rail campaign. Steve, you're welcome to the show. I know this is something you've been campaigning on for an awful long time. This might not be everything you're looking for, but it is some of it. Is that fair? If, if the reports in the media that reopening Letterkenny, uh, returning rail to Letterkenny is on the schedule in the All-Ireland Rail Review strategy, then it will be very good news indeed. Donegal lost its railway in 1965. The anniversary is actually on Tuesday. It was a St. Valentine's Day massacre that uh, basically destroyed the last vestiges of rail in counties Donegal and Tyrone. And we've been pushing for quite a few years. Something that's called the Northwest Rail Corridor, which is a line of rail reopening from Letterkenny through Derry, down through Straban, Oma, Dungannon, and linking up with the existing rail network at Porter Down. And that will give you a direct link from Donegal and from the northwest right down to Dublin and also around to Belfast. So great news if this is indeed mm. what has been recommended. But obviously then it's all about where does the money come from and when can work start. Uh, yeah, when. I mean, realistically, let's imagine it is included in this review. It's going to be a long time before there's a rail link, isn't there? My estimation, and please don't you know, don't knock on my door if this doesn't turn out, I think <laughs> I think it's a case of when, not if, that Rail will return to Donegal. I genuinely believe that, and it will and it will be to Letterkenny. I think it'll be at some point in the 2030s. So in the next decade, that doesn't mean within the next decade, because we're, by the time we get out of this decade, we'll, there'll probably still be work going in terms of planning the route and just getting resources and everything else. But I suspect, and I'd be quietly confident, in the 2030s, we will get real back to Donegal. And tell me, I mean, is there an old line there that you would be using and utilising or does there need to be kind of significant new groundworks carried out? Is that long gone? Well, there are vestiges. There's bits of line which remain. Some have been used as sort of like, you know, greenways and walkways. There wasn't actually a very clear connection between Derry and Letterkenny by rail because when the rail shut in 65, I mean, Letterkenny was just a very small regional town. It's only in the last number of decades that Letterkenny has become by far the biggest population centre in Donegal and has become part of what's called the Northwest City Region, along with Derry and Straban. So that's strategically why it's so important to connect Letterkenny and Derry together, is they're, they're viewed across the island, north and south, as effectively part of the same functioning economic city region. Um, so there, there's there, in terms of there's bits of the old routes that could be reused, but what you tend to do nowadays with rail is you know the, the standards have changed than when these lines were first installed in the 1800s. You want to get rid of awkward corners, population settlements and distribution has changed. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of the old routes get used, but also okay. quite a bit of it is offline and entirely new sections. Well, let's go right down to the opposite end of the country, northwest to southeast. And Kira Murphy is a commuter uh, based in the southeast, and she joins me now. So, Kira, what? rail investment would you like to see in your part of the world? Uh, thanks for having me on, Kieran. Um, well, first and foremost, I'd love to see the reopening of the South Wexford line that connects the most populous town in the most populous county with the main city of the southeast, um, which is Waterford. So I work in higher education and obviously with the formation of the new uh, Southeast Technological University, I think it's increasingly important to have um, really uh, viable train connection for passengers between Waterford and Wexford. But also I am on the Dublin uh, Connolly to Ross service most days 
um, and I think that it's really important that we get more regularity on that service mm. at the moment. If I miss my 6.30 train home, uh, that's it for me. There's no train until the next day um, and I'm not the only one in that position. So a uh, little bit more frequency um, and later uh, returns from Connolly um, will be what I'd be looking for. Well, I, I'm in the same boat as you, Kate. The half six, there's a half six train to Kilkenny and then the next half six train on the Waterford line doesn't even go to Waterford. It goes as far as yeah. Carlow and then it turns around, uh, which I can't understand. The train is already moving and it's on the line. Just keep it going. But anyway, uh, that, that railway line, when you say reopen it, I mean, when was that Close. Is it ever used? Is there commercial traffic on it? Watford, Wexford? Would you have to build a whole new line or is it still there? No, it's still there. I believe it closed in 2010. Um, and I know that there is um, kind of like murmurings from the rail review um, that there will be a return to freight. Obviously, um, Ross Lair has really come into its own um, uh, since, you know, uh, COVID and we have like Bellevue. Um, but I think that if we can get freight back on the line, uh, we can get passengers back on the line. And I think that there is, with the price of fuel and people looking for more sustainable options to travel, um, it seems to be a no-brainer, really. Like, there's people in the south of Wexford County that driving to Waterford might take them 45 minutes, whereas if that train line was reopened, they could be there in a quarter of an hour. Well, Edgar Morganroth is with us as well, the Professor of Economics at DCU. Edgar, I know sometimes when we talk about this, economists point out that, you know, buses are actually at much better value for money than trains. Are you in that cohort? Uh, I think that's just a, a, a simple fact that, that uh, for certain for certain uh, routes, uh, buses will always be the cheaper option. Uh, we do know, however, that that uh, people do prefer trains uh, over buses when it comes to to a public transport. So that that's something that that we should also be cognizant of. Uh, and for the right kind of um, configuration, uh, trains are, of course, a, a very good way of moving people. Um, so it's it it really depends on on the line that you're looking at as to what the right option might be. So uh, uh, let's imagine then that we do end up in a, a, a time and place where we're going to expand, re-expand the rail network. What, what should and could that look like? What, what places should it be servicing and what should it bypass? Because the rail network of old, the people love putting up pictures of, I mean, that serviced every little crossroads. Uh, absolutely, and there, there was a, there was Ireland did have a very very dense network. Um, uh, the car essentially pushed that out. The network got shrunk, uh, and also the services uh, got shrunk. And the last contributor actually made a very very important point. Uh, if you don't have, if you may have a rail connection, but if you have very few trains on the on the on the or very few services on that uh, connection, it's not actually that much use to you. And, and I did some research on this some years ago, uh, and it really shows up uh, very, very strongly. Uh, just having that connection isn't good enough to really increase the share of the population using trains. Uh, you do need to have a decent service. And that's where uh, the, 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 the problem, uh, I think, really starts. And that's, you know, you need to have a, a big enough population to justify that sort of uh, higher level of service. Mm. Otherwise, you end up running a lot of empty trains. And 
and that's where certain rural areas are really not all that suitable and the, the buses might be the better option there. Uh, to what extent, if we do expand the rail network then again, does it need to inform planning decisions when it comes to accommodation and housing development? There's this fascinating study of kind of, uh, of, of, uh, of suburbs of London and how so many of them were built by the private rail companies that owned land banks alongside their rail line and decided to utilise those land banks? Absolutely. Again, you know, people, uh, to, to use the rail service, uh, it has to be reasonably convenient. Uh, and while people are willing to walk further to a railway station than they would for a bus stop, um, there is a limit to this. And, and you know, we also need to make it convenient for people to maybe use other forms of transport to get to the railway station to then switch on to the railway service. That's a big issue for Ireland where we have a, a fairly significant rural population. Uh, you know, otherwise, if, you, if you're if you going to struggle to park your car at the train station, you're just going to drive past it and keep on driving. And uh, again, we haven't in the past uh, thought about that. In the past, we've also not really uh, densified along the railway lines or close to the railway stations. It's the stations that really matter. Uh, uh, we, we know we've we've allowed development to sprawl out, which makes it much more expensive to service mm. with public transport. Listen, Edgar, always a pleasure. Edgar Morganroth is professor of economics at DCU. We also spoke to Kira Murphy in the southeast and at the far end of the country, the northwest. Steve Bradley, chair of the Into the West Rail Campaign. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.